be his own. I'll forever praise him. Hosanna to
Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for such love and such grace that has reached down to undeserving mankind and give each one of us an opportunity that we can serve you and live for you. Please, we ask as we live in this evil and accursed world that you'll continue to save us, continue to convert us, 
continue to cleanse us, Father. Today we commit this service into your hands and we pray that you'll touch each child of God following us online and each one present here in the church today. Bless your people, Lord. Bless the faithful, we ask in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen, amen. and amen. Well, it's Saturday. It's one of those days where I'm given the privilege to talk to you uh, those of you that are here today and uh, those that are following us online. As time goes by, we might make some changes and we might have to consider the possibility that this pandemic, COVID-19, is not going away. And I might have frivolously said that COVID-19 and COVID-20 and COVID-21, well, believe it, uh, the variant is, um, they have different variants, and uh, this is different viruses that have, uh, that COVID-19 has mutated to. Those are increasing, and there might be no end to it. Um, someone asked me what I think about getting the vaccine, and um, I believe it's okay. Do you go to the dentist when you have a cavity? Yes, you do. Do you go to the, um, the eye doctor when you have a problem with your eyes? Yes, you do. Do you take vaccine for trips that you make overseas, like um, yellow fever and vaccines like that? Some countries would not let you in. Well, I feel that in the future, unless you have a vaccine, some countries will not let you in, especially when it's a pandemic. And so if you can... Uh, if you have the possibility of taking the vaccine and you feel convinced that it will help you, I don't have a problem with anyone taking the vaccine. I posted a uh, last Wednesday night, uh, Brother Glenn Goodwin's message. He dealt with a lot of um, information concerning the vaccine and the type of vaccines and whatever is out there. Stuff that I will probably never even get into. But I think he did a great job, and I think if you have time, it's on our streaming uh, page. Uh, you can go and find that. It'll give you more information as to some of the uh, conspiracy theories that are going around that are most of the time misguided. If you ignore your Bible and live on YouTube and all this that's going on on YouTube, you still need a revelation. You need a revelation. YouTube is not the Bible. And what they say out there can diminish your faith in God. So information in the age we're living in could be misguided information. And someone might call themselves a doctor, and if I had a chance to put a title to them, I will say quack doctor. Because we have more information, more people claiming to be doctors and all kinds of things in the world that sometimes it's best you didn't have a, an internet. You see, if we did not have the internet, uh, today we'll have more people in church because uh, you'll have to come to church. I remember uh, when I was a young man growing up, we walked for miles. And so 21st century Christianity really, really is obnoxious. 
because it does not demand sacrifices and people do serve God at their own convenience. And I've said before many, many times to this local church that there might come a time, you remember me saying, when you'd want to hear the word of God and you can't hear it? Well, if you gradually backslide into a spiritual dormancy or spiritual slumber, you would not understand what I'm saying. And that is what Paul, uh, next weekend is, is um, a communion service, and we'll get ourselves prepared. And so I'm looking at a scripture here in Ephesians, but I'll come back to this. I'll first of all take us into the scripture that we might look at next weekend in 1 Corinthians 11. And a lot of individuals and preachers around the world have used 1 Corinthians 11 as a format for communion service. Uh, we have communion service once per year, and we call it communion. Um, it's a name that we use to uh, the Lord's Supper. And when it says the Lord's Supper, we sometimes take it in the morning. You can play in words. And before you know it, you're wearing gowns like they wore 2,000 years ago. But times have changed, and we have moved on. And uh, can you imagine uh, someone coming out of the days of Jesus that had a first glimpse at the first man that puts the trousers on? Can you imagine when they, uh, you know everybody's wearing gowns, and suddenly you see a guy decide he's going to put a pants on. And you wonder what's wrong with him. But times change. Today every man wears a pants. Uh, I mean, uh, most every man wears a pants. Uh, but we're living in a strange age. And I cannot uh, try to think in the past and live today. I have to understand that times have changed. And someone says a woman should not wear pants. Well, who said so? Where does it say a man should? You understand what I'm saying? Times have changed. And pants, pants are made for women. Pants are made for men. My concern is that you dress modestly. Um, not what we're seeing down the streets today. If you can dress modestly, it is important that you do that. Uh, whether you're a man or you're a woman, make sure that your body is not so squeezed and squashed that it becomes unhealthy for you hygienically and it becomes healthy, unhealthy for individuals looking at you. And so the age we're living in has deteriorated into all kinds of things and we, have to, we need the church to help us to understand what's going on today. Paul, in writing here to the Corinthians in chapter 11, he made a statement here after he talks about the Lord giving him uh, the ordinance of the communion in verse uh, 20, uh, 23, he says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Now Paul says, I've received this from Peter. No, I received this from John. Somebody told me this. I read it in a book. No, he says, I've received of the Lord. 
My great desire in life is that one day I can receive something from the Lord literally. I don't think I'll ever qualify to get that, but I believe that the Lord has given my mind, has touched my mind and given me messages that I preach and deliver to individuals. And I have over the years developed a sensitiveness to true doctrine and apostate doctrine. I have developed a sensitiveness that I know how to discern between good and evil. And if someone grabs a message and it's tainted with spiritual fornication, my spirit rejects it. I can sit down ours in a congregation and listen to a man talk for an hour. And if his heart is not in connection with the word of God, but he's presenting an apostate concept or an apostate doctrine or an apostate ideology, my spirit does not click. As a matter of fact, I listened to him for one hour and all I heard was five minutes of his talk. Because my heirs, the understanding of my heirs, the heirs and the eyes of my understanding reaches out only to truth that is relevant for our time. The moment a man gets up there and he starts to perform or inform out of a carnal mindset, that's okay. He can do that. I, I'm not, I'm not the, the, the best of preachers. Sometimes I can become obnoxious and people might just reject what I say. But if a person starts to promote the wine of her fornication, my spirit rejects it right away. Now, you might be my buddy friend. And the moment you start on something that I don't feel is coming, it might be right. But the spirit behind it is wrong. It's a spirit of Lucifer or a spirit of the wine of our fornication taking a hold of that message. My mind, my spirit rejects it. And I pray that God will always allow me to maintain that attitude and to discern between good and evil. And here Paul is writing and he talks about the Lord uh, telling him how the communion, the last supper was done. Jesus is describing the last supper. And then he says that the Lord took bread and broke it. And then he took the cup and sipped um, after he had, after supper. Uh, let me read this here. The Lord says, verse 23, Paul says, I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. At the same night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said to his disciples, there were 12 disciples with him. He said to them, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Uh, that did not mean that the bread was his literal body. It was an emblem. It was a, to be a part, a symbolic uh, concept that we will use. That's what we'll be doing on Sunday, taking bread and say, well, let's remember the Lord's body. But there's more to that than just seeing a symbol. It's a ceremony. Um, I think it might have been Brother Glenn that reminded us that some things are just, uh, it's just sacraments or ceremonies. And, and that is good to understand. Uh, you heard me say many a times, water baptism, uh, water baptism, the literal water baptism does not really save anybody. 
Uh, you can go down a hypocrite, a dry hypocrite, and come up a wet hypocrite. Conversion is what saves you, and water baptism is a public manifestation to the world that I'm going to give up this past life and I'm burying the old man. Uh, really, you might do all of that and the old man is still alive. Uh, but you're showing to the world that you're burying the old nature and you're rising up to a newness of life. What really is important is the spirit baptism. And we'll be talking a little bit about that over the next few services. That is more important than water baptism. Water baptism is important because it, it gives you that public, public declaration to the world that you're a Christian. I believe in water baptism, but water baptism by itself would not save you. The thief on the cross that Jesus promised to be in the coming kingdom was never water baptized. Uh, the men in the Old Testament, none of them were water baptized. But here in the New Testament age, we're given the choice of getting water baptized to make a public declaration. But Holy Ghost baptism, the genuine one, not the fake, not the imitation, not the mimicking, not demon possession. Uh, the real genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is scarce in our day, uh, will be what that element that gives you that inner strength to live for God. And so when Paul is writing here, describing this uh, entire situation, he says, and after the same manner, verse 25, also he took the cup when he had supped. Uh, now, not when he had sipped. Uh, after supper, uh, the bread seems to have been done before supper. They were having a supper. Uh, they were not just eating bread and drinking wine. They were having a supper. And after supper, after he had supped, after supper, he took the cup uh, of, and he says, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Now, that did not turn that, that, that cup, the wine in that cup. And they did real wine. They did not have uh, Welch's uh, uh, grape juice. They did not have Kool-Aid. It was real wine. And back there, there was not a lot of drinks. And so that's all right if someone wants to use uh, real wine. Uh, and, and he said, when he, he said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often or whenever you do this in remembrance of me. So Sunday uh, would be our remembrance service of the Lord's death and his resurrection uh, we're not there crying at Calvary, but I'm really uh, glad that he died to save me from my sin. Uh, he came last Wednesday night. We used the scripture uh, that the Father sent the Son, that he might save us from our sins. He might save us from our sins and this present evil world. There is a world out here that God has designed or allowed it to be designed to give us that ability, that negative force, that we will be able to become overcomers through a process of time. God would like to see overcomers produced from the church. He would not take away the evil. He'd leave it out there, but give you a chance that you can pull yourself and serve God. It is not cowards that serve the Lord. It is not vacillating people that serve the Lord. It takes stalwarts. It takes people with spunk 
and determination to serve God in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, we are to shine as lights. And so this is what God has given to us. Anyhow, as we come to the end of that, it says, uh, wherefore, Paul is writing verse 27. He says, uh, Jesus said in verse 26, but as for as often or whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he returns, that is, in the second advent. So he is allowing us to do this in remembrance. It's a ceremony that the Lord would like us to perform until he returns. Understand what I'm saying? All right. And then in verse 27, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Now, we cannot just eat the bread, the emblems, and drink the cup like a joke. We've got to take it seriously. And so, even though it is just plain old emblems, it motivates us to live for God. Uh, tomorrow, if the Lord helps us, I would be able to back up to chapter 10 and show you that the cup of the Lord is more than this little emblem we'll use on Sunday. Uh, the cup of the Lord is more than the bread we'll eat on Sunday. Uh, it is more than that in that it will uh, demand a lifestyle. Jesus said that. But today, I'm not doing that. I will go into the next verse. Paul says, But let a man or woman examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Now, what I'm saying, what Paul is saying, this is a good time for personal self-examination. As you're listening to me today, what is your attitude to people around you? How do you respond to the world around you? When you look at the world and the evil that's around, how do you see it? Uh, do, you, are you, uh, do you have the spirit or the mind of a vulture that you only look for dead flesh in everyone? Then your world will be very satisfying because the world has more dead flesh than it has life living people serving God. And when I say dead flesh, I'm talking about do you only find when you look around, you only see the man's flaw. I look at Brother John and I see his flaws. Uh, he might have 80% good in him, but I see the 10% evil that's sitting there. And 10% I don't know, but I'm thinking that's evil also. I look at Brother Thomas over there and I see he's got 60% good. But I look inside there, you got any dead flesh, brother? And I find the dead flesh. And I condemn him because of one flaw. Now, if that's my attitude to the world, and I'm going to look at people, I only see the dirt and the felt and the garbage. I need to be saved. I need the Lord to help me because my mind is corrupt and it's depraved. And so when you come on into church, we have to watch and make sure well, I'm a part of gospel assembly. Well, that's wonderful. But are you living for God? Are you being changed? There's a song we sing uh, that you keep changing me, making me over into what you want me to be. And that is why before I'm, I go too far to today, I'll be going back in the first song uh, that we were singing tonight, Chosen to Serve Him. 
At the song we said, you're making me into what you want me to be, not what I want to be and what I choose. That is why discipleship demands a sacrifice. Jesus said, if you will be my disciple, uh, take up your, deny yourself, uh, take up your cross and follow me. It is absolutely necessary that we learn to take control of our feelings and take control of our our lives and the way we think and take on the spirit and mindset of the Lord Jesus. And Paul went on here because he's talking to a church that is backslidden. Most of it is already backslidden. But he says, let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. This weekend coming, this coming weekend is a good weekend to check and see if there's hypocrisy developing in your life our godliness since the pandemic started are you more dedicated to god or are you more of a hypocrite uh, this is a good time for self-examination you know ever so often uh, we go to the doctor and back in canada we call it you're going for a physical uh, you go for a physical right and when you go once a year we as seniors uh, we are entitled to some free benefits uh, once per year, but every Canadian is entitled for physical once per year. But for us, we can go and get our eyes checked once per year free. Uh, it doesn't cost us. You see, it's good to be old. Uh, you're not only blessed with arthritis and diabetes and lumbago and uh, tumors and all kinds of stuff. You're blessed with some benefits. Uh, when we walk into Shoppers Drug Mart on a Thursday, we get 20% off. Uh, anything on the shelf. So if you want to buy a little item and you know it's, um, and you're a senior, wait until Thursday. Then go there and hope they don't put it on sale because they're very smart out there and they'll take a dollar off and call it a sale. Now, if it's a sale, you can get your 20% off because it's a sale. So they're smart. They take out the dollar when your 20 cents would take off $5. So you got to wait until the next Thursday and see if it comes off sale and you go back and get it. And you know, old people like us, we do that kind of stuff. We go in there uh, on, on Thursday and see what we can get. When we go once a year for the physical, the doctor says, well, you got to do a physical. I give you blood works. You do things to check your cholesterol, uh, check your blood pressure, check see if you got diabetes. Uh, check see if there's some virus going through your system that need to be taken care of. And you know, you want to tell him, hey, this is the temple of God. Watch out how you're touching it. No, the doctor is there. That's his job. You're doing a physical. Well, today, I would like you to start to do a spiritual. You check your prayer life. Prayer is not giving thanks for your food. When you're doing thanks for your food, don't give a long prayer. You know, if I give you, if I give you, Sister Joyce, if I give you $20 because you're broke, and you says, Brother Singh, today I want to give you, you're such a good man, and I'm glad where you're coming from, and all. I don't want that. I don't want a long talk. Can you say just thank you? But we are so 
fanatical in our religion. Oh God, I thank you today that you're a provider for the whole world. Oh, can you just say, Lord, thank you for this food? Bless it, Lord, and sanctify it and justify it and do all. Listen, thank you, Lord, I'm a child. I don't know if it's poisoned, but I'm a child, you're a child. And if there's poison there, you'll protect me. Lord, today I'm going to drive to go to see Brother Terry in prison. And as I'm driving, Lord, you know the lights in that, that, that area by, by 401 and 427, they have a lot of accidents there, Lord. As I come around that, no, Lord, I'm about to make a trip. Can you please protect me? But my prayer life before that is in private where I talk to the Lord and I cry before him and I bring the burdens before him. But sometimes we chant prayers and say prayers and prayers don't really come. Sometimes we talk worship and speak worship and shout worship when worship is a condition that comes from the heart. God knows if we worship him in spite of what we say. He knows where we stand. See, he knows when he looks at a congregation like this, he knows if you love him. No worry, Brother Singh. Brother Singh is the obnoxious man that would tell you you're a hypocrite. God would not say that, but he knows. And the problem is, Brother Singh will tell you you're a hypocrite if you miss church and you should have been here. But God doesn't. He punishes you. I don't. You see, his method, he doesn't speak, he acts. And if he's expecting you, he give you a talent and he's expecting you to bring fruit from that talent, then don't bury it. God expects you to produce fruit. He likes to reap where he is not strawed and he likes to get the benefits of coming there. And so when Brother Singh tell you off, uh, I'm the spiritual doctor here telling you. He said the doctor can tell you all the problems. But the doctor can't heal you. When you have a headache and you take two Tylenol, that's a band-aid. That's not a healing. You had a problem in your body that resulted in the headache. Then that problem should be sought out. And that is why physically we go to the doctor spiritually. I'm here to tell you how to serve God and how to live for him. Get yourself up. And honor God enough to serve him. I believe the presence of God is in every service. And so we've got to be careful how we eat and drink of the Lord. We don't want to, verse 29, he that eateth and drinketh unworthily. Eateth and drinketh damnation to themselves. When you just take the word of God, Brother Singh is preaching, but you don't do anything. You continue to live unworthily. You're eating and drinking damnation to yourself without even touching the emblems we'll serve on Sunday. You understand what I'm saying? I am here telling you not to eat sugar because you got diabetes. Not to keep salt under control because your blood pressure is being elevated. But I love salt. Then eat salt. The last time I started to tell you a story about Nadine and I didn't feel like going through with that. But remember that little story when Nadine was small and she wanted to touch fire? She's going to touch it. I said, don't touch that. It'll burn you. And she says, I want it. She is like, like little Balaam. 
Uh, I want to curse Israel. God says, no, Israel is fine. Don't curse them. Israel is full of iniquity, but God says, I see no iniquity. Why do you want to curse Israel? Uh, but I want to curse Israel. God says, go ahead. Well, you know what, children of God listening to me, there coming a time when I will not be here to preach to you. And you will not have the privilege of sitting in church to listen to me. I believe I'm a man of God sent to preach the gospel. And when you reject me, you don't only reject me. When you despise what I'm doing, you don't despise me. You despise Christ that ordained me for the ministry. And when you despise him, you despise the Father. But listen, I'm the one that can tell you he's the one that will judge you. You bring damnation to yourself by your action and your responses to the things of God. All right? And he goes on here. He says, For this cause are many weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Now, here are the stages. Uh, today, first step of backsliding and to end up as spiritually dead is you become weak. Now, listen to me carefully. Since the pandemic started, is your prayer life improved? Well, sometimes I'm a little busy. I don't have time to pray. You are becoming weak. Do you study the word of God that I preach? No, I really don't. You're becoming weak. Do you rob the Lord in paying, not paying your tithes and offerings? Well, well, well sometimes, you know, things are, I'm busy. You're becoming weak. You know, when you look at that, and you, if I'm the doctor sitting in my office and you're walking in, you know, I've seen this. I worked at a security booth and someone turned 65 and they go on retirement. And, you know, they were always brisk when they went out of the job, but now they're retired. And they, they don't really know that after retired is expired. And so in the morning, I sit at the gatehouse and see them. Now they don't wake up early no more. They wake up late. My dad taught me something when I was small. A lot of things he taught me. I was telling Timmy today. I said that to Timothy, I'm on the treadmill about to get on it or already got on it. But I said, Timmy, listen to me. Here's a statement. I got these things from my dad. I said, do what you can, where you are, with what you have now, not tomorrow. Don't wait for your ship to come in because when your ship come in, you might be at the airport waiting for your ship to come in. But if this is what you have today, work with it. Well, I only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Feed the multitude. But I only have six, I only have water today, no more wine. Then by faith, respond to God. You understand? Do what you can where you are with what you have now. And so when you understand that, God might be knocking on your door. And so Nadine, when we looked at that little candle, citronella candle in the yard, uh, she says, I want to touch it. Poor child. Uh, you, if, a, if a social worker was standing there, they'll think I'm a cruel father and take my child away. Sometimes a preacher needs to sit down and have somebody preach to him the real genuine word of God. And so the little child, she sat there, she stood there, want to touch it? I said, okay, give me a finger. And I took her finger, I didn't put it in the fire, but I put it in the hot, hot wax, uh, hot wax of the candle. And I put it and pull it out, because I normally do that. 
I normally stick and see how hot it is. And it burned her little finger, not scorched, just burned, just hot wax. And she went in the corner and cried. Did you ever want to touch fire again? No. And sometimes you might want, I, God, I want to do it, I want to do it. Listen, if you have the privilege of coming to church and you violate that and you blatantly refuse to do that, God might give you a crippling disease on your body or give you an opportunity to end up in a situation where you would wish to come and you can't come. Don't take advantage of God. He is, it's a fearful thing, Scripture says, to fall into God's, into the hands of the living God. Fall into my hands, you might get a break because I don't see your heart. But he does. And he, it's a fearful thing to fall into his hands. And so when we understand that, uh, we must check our life. Are we weak? Do you have faith? Do you, do you complain about wanting to give up? Do you have faith? Come on. Stop listening to the other voices. Listen to mine. Listen to my voice. Shakespeare was inspired when he said, a coward dies many times before his death. A valiant man dies once. Almost like scripture. Don't die before your time. Get up and rise. You know, one day Jesus was preaching in a house. And the crowds were so much that they had a family, a man who was a cripple. Uh, could not walk. They brought him on a stretcher and they were outside and they couldn't get to Jesus. And you know what Jesus, what that man did? His family says, we got to get you to Jesus today because you can't get in through the door. It's blocked up, people all over the place. They went up to the roof. I'm so glad they were not living today. They have a problem with my church. We <laughs> try to get up to the roof. Uh, everybody might end up as a cripple, but that house had a roof that could be removed. Little sections could be removed, and they let the man down in front of Jesus on a rope. And their faith brought healing. The reason why sometimes your prayer does not receive answers is because you don't believe God. And when you pray prayers, someone says, God answers prayer. Can you repeat that? God answers prayer. Now listen and repeat this one. God does not always answer prayers. Because sometimes the answer is no. Not everything. Uh, Ethan go to his parents and ask them for Do you all give him everything he asked for? Because he could be very demanded. Uh, do you give him? Say yes, it's my child. Oh my gosh. Give him, give him. Give him the knife. Give him the gun. No. Uh, a child might ask for something. And we, there are times he says, okay, sure you'll have it. But there are times when we have to say, no, you can't have it. Uh, you can't have it because you're not ready to handle that. And they're not everything that God will give us. There are sometimes things that he would not give us because it is not meat. But examine yourself. Are you weak? Or are you strong? I'm not talking about the flesh. As your flesh becomes strong, your spirit becomes weak. And that is why people fast. Because when you fast and starve the body, the spirit gets stronger. 
And that is why if you're fasting and praying and still living in sin, your spirit becomes strong and demon spirits possess you. You can have a fasting and prayer that you're ending up more possessed than before you start fast and pray. When you fast and pray, you've got to do without sin. You've got to do without evil. If you're fasting and praying, you're getting into the spiritual world and you're not living right, demons will come into your life. But if you fast and pray and avoid food and avoid carnal things and avoid evil things, guess what? Your spirit will become strong and you will get to, de to defeat this enemy. Spiritual powers of darkness would be eliminated. Such a kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. So step number one for self-examination is weak. And then it says, sickly. Every time, physically in the world, some people, we take vitamins, we take all kinds of stuff. But if you live in sin, you can take a million vitamins. Sin brings the judgment of God. The virus will still catch you. The mask would not protect you. Nothing will protect you if God is not protecting you. May I inform you that you, you overboard. You know, I, I wear a mask. I really don't. I have one here uh, that's in front of me. And most of the time I forget to put one on. And I have one in my pocket uh, just in case I'm going down. I say, oops, I forgot. I went into a shopper's drug mart the other day and I forgot my mask. I went up to the lady and she's giving me and everything. I'm getting my prescription filled and everything. And then I said, oops. I said, you didn't tell me I didn't have a mask. She says, I was so busy looking at your smile that I did not even think about it. But this would not, the mask would not protect you if your heart's not right. So get your heart right and start believing God so you become weak and then you get sickly. Not physically now, we're talking about spiritually. You're a sickly Christian. <laughs> I like when I change my voice. I don't really like to listen to it on the tape afterwards. But um, Bert is saying, I'm not doing too good spiritually. And I have a problem here and a problem there. Listen, we all have problems. The problem is not the, pro is not the problem. Your attitude to the problem is the problem. I was telling Pam... I said, you know, Jesus was here Wednesday night. I know you were not well, but Jesus was here. Uh, you f did he go home to visit you? Well, I'm not well today. And I know she uh, is legit. If you're not well, stay home. But I'm just making a point. Wouldn't that be nice if, if when you're sick, you come? When they were sick, they went to Jesus. If you got COVID, stay home. But if you're well, because it's the principle. Right? Because a lot of us that claim to be Christians, we're not really covered by God. So we need the mask. We need the protection. We need all of these things. But you know, there's coming a time when your relationship is so good with God that a thousand shall fall at one side and ten thousand on the other side and nothing shall harm you. Because you're not weak. You're not sickly spiritually. Because if you're weak, stage number one, you're sickly. Stage number two, the third thing, you will sit in church and you're spiritually dead 
before it's all over. You can sit here right in the middle of the body of Christ and become a spiritual zombie. Gospel Assembly Church of the Zombies. Wouldn't that be sad? You sit, and that's what happened to Ephesus, a good church. The Lord says, awake. Paul says, awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead. They were not only weak, they were getting sickly, and some were falling asleep spiritually dead. And the Lord says, Paul says, arise from that, and God shall give you light. And so when we understand that God has called us, it says here, here's a good part of all of this. It says verse 31. So if we would judge ourselves, if you can take self-analysis, uh, if you can be able to examine your prayer life, examine your dedication, examine your church attendance. And today I'm listening to that tape where I talked about a fifth soil, which is not really a fifth soil. But if you're the good ground and you stay at home, you're damned when that message goes out. If you're the good ground that stays away from the service, being good ground and squat in the sight of God, if you're missing the message. So condemn the wayside, condemn the thorny ground, condemn the stony ground. I'm good ground. Not good ground if you stay home. You're no ground. Amen. Amen. Here you go again, church attendance. Brother Singh, you get them better next week, they'll all show. No, no, no. I've dealt with people forever. I looked at Paul, how they backslid and left him alone. All Asia forsook him. I look at Jesus. He came to his own and they forsook him. Why do I think people are going to listen to me? But you know who listens to me? I listen to me. I really enjoy listening to me. And it's saving me. He keeps saving me, saving me every day. And so quickly, I got a few scriptures here I want to deal with before time runs out. Ephesians chapter 1. And you mark these scriptures down and read them when you go home. Uh, when you're home or when you go home. It says in verse 4, according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation. We see chosen to serve him. God has chosen the elect for what purpose? To just be little uh, fickle saints of God in the church? No. He has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. You see, holy means you come to church and the word of God is preached and it reaches into your life and you apply the word of God to your life. And every day you, you draw closer to God and you live a holy life. Listen, it's not going to happen overnight. It will take time but you'll work towards that holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. Amen? In 1 Peter, in 1 Peter, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're drawing close here. We got five minutes, but look at how we wrap this up here today. In 1 Peter chapter 2, and if you can live, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 and verse 2. If you can just, if you, if you cut this out in your, from your Bible and walk with it and live it, you're on your way, man. You're on your way. Wherefore, laying aside, you laid us. Who's to do it? You got to do it. 
You've got to start loving people. You've got to start laying aside things. You've got to make up your mind. You want to serve God. Stop sitting like a Holy Mary, Mother of God, and criticize everybody else around you. I don't know I said that. Did I say that? Erase it from my voice. <laughs> I'd already said. It will remain there. Don't take that out, Brother Joe. Let it stay. Uh, you sit there like a self-righteous person. You yourself can't do anything, but you condemn people. Joyce, you shouldn't speak like that. Carl, I say like this. Joyce, stop screaming. <laughs> he turned back and says, when you point your one finger, three fingers point back at you. Come on, let us save ourselves first before we try to save other people. How about that? I'm working daily. I listen to the messages one or two or three times. This past Wednesday was the only time I did not go home and listen to the complete message until the next day. Already three times. And it says there, wherefore, laying aside how much? All malice. You hate people. Turn your hit, hit list to a prayer list. It'll do you good. Pray for me before you condemn me. Before you point your finger at me and condemn me, get on your little cute little dimple knees and pray for me. How about that? Praying, you know, I want, uh, now I'm, I, I'm challenged. To me, prayer is an important element in our life. It's like your breath that you breathe. You can't breathe. Naturally, you can't live spiritually without prayer. He says, laying aside all malice and how much guile? All guile and all hypocrisies. I'm trying my best with that third one. And I still got some areas in my life that uh, I don't want Brother John to know. Okay? I'm not going to tell you, Brother John. All hypocrisies? Well, most hypocrisies, Brother John, most I got under control. But there are certain little things I keep to me and God. Chandri don't know, Nadine don't know, nobody knows, but Joe don't know, but me and God. And he knows, and guess what? He gives me time to change. And when you think you're bad, man, sometimes when I look up, I see the bottom. But then I read David's story, and when he looks up, he sees the bottom, and I say, I got a hope. And he goes on here, all hypocrisies and all envies. Gosh, some of those I don't even have. And all evil speakings. Most of the time I speak edifying things, not evil. I would like to give every man in my, that I encounter a fighting chance. Today, I prayed for people that in my mind, I might think they'll never get saved. But I prayed for people and says, Lord... I call this name before you. This person might never accept Jesus in their life. But Father, please, can you save them? If you don't pray for them, you don't really care for them. So pray for them. He says, all evil speaking as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. One last scripture and then we close in John chapter 15 uh, where Paul is right, uh, uh, John is writing here. And he goes through the fruit of the vine and he talks about bearing fruit and abiding in Christ and all of that. And we'll probably deal with some of that tomorrow. But I want to take you right down to the end here in verse 16. Jesus said, you have not chosen me. 
And I make choices. I make choices. Yesterday I bought me um, yogurt bars. <clears throat> yogurt bars don't taste as good as real ice cream bars. But yogurt bars, your mind tells you, okay, only 100 calorie on each. Right? It's on the box. But I bought yogurt bars yesterday and I bought red, um, black cherry and I bought pistachio. Because I love pistachio and I love black cherry. And so yesterday I looked and says, okay, I'll take the pistachio for starters. Who made choice? I did. <clears throat> Today I have already decided black cherry. Because yesterday I said, no, I don't think I like the pistachio. Today I'm choosing black cherry. So should I go have five bars? Or maybe say, oh God, help me just one. You see, sin is something that you have to decide to what extent you're going if you're going to disobey God. You're going to be worldly. How far are you going to be worldly? You're going to watch a show. How many shows are you going to watch? You're going to spend, waste your time. How much time you're going to waste? Did you spend enough time praying to God and seeking Him and studying the Word? See, choices are ours, but then God makes choices. And Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you because I want you when you come to church to get goosebumps. I want you to do a good dance and scream. No. He says, here is why I've chosen you. I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Not be barren. Bring forth fruit. And that your fruit is not something you put on today and eliminate tomorrow. The fruit here is the fruit of the Spirit. And that is why we need to talk about that tomorrow. Because these are things that are preparing our lives for a communion service next Sunday. God has called us. He has chosen us before the foundation of the world. He has called us in time. He is working and sanctifying us during time. And all because he wants us to produce fruit. And that our fruit is not going to be a fickle fruit, but a fruit that will remain a part of our lives as we develop the Spirit of Christ in our hearts. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for another day in your house. We, Father, how can we ever be unthankful to thee and to you for choosing us before the foundation of the world? Lord, miserable, nothing, unworthy, insignificant. Uh, Lord, words are not even enough to describe how miserable we are as human beings. But Father, in the midst of billions of individuals, I thank you for choosing, choosing me. And I thank you for choosing every child of God that you have chosen. That Jesus died for us, that he might save us. Help us, Father. Please give us of your spirit and help us that we might bring forth fruit and that we, our fruit might remain. We ask this in Jesus' name. We ask your blessing on the service tomorrow. Amen and amen.